Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. This is episode 279 and I'm so blessed to have been able to share with you guys for so many years. This is like six plus years. And I just want to let you guys know you can, three ways you can support this show. You can support the show on Patreon. If you just search for Diane Gibbs, I'm going to put these over in the chat. Patreon.com slash Diane Gibbs with one N and two Bs. And then also you can, if you want to get two free books from Audible, I listen to Audible all the time. That's my preferred way of um, in, con, ingesting, not congesting, but <laughs> ingesting uh, books. I'm a really slow physical reader. So you can go to bit.ly slash design recharge and then you'll get two free audible books. And then the other way is I use Divi to build my websites for clients and you guys can check it out here. I, you can buy it per year, which is $80 or you can buy $250 and you get the, for unlimited sites. You could for a lifetime you have access and they're always adding things. And this is a visual builder as well as like it's grid based. So cool. it's amazing. And you can get that at Diane Loves Divi. So anyway, a bit.ly slash Diane Loves Divi. Okay, now we're on with the regular stuff. I am super excited. I have had uh, Alicia on my brain to be on the show. And I don't know if we've just crossed paths. She's done workshops. She's done all this stuff. And then we were talking. And I was like, we could really talk for like three weeks, four weeks straight and, <laughs> and about four, four completely different topics. But really, she was just laid on her heart. She's like, I know what I want to talk about. And so I was like, tell me. And so we are going to talk about the debilitating nature that we can have on ourselves and our creativity yeah. with our self-talk, what we're telling ourselves. And I really... Um, believe in this. I've I've read a lot of these same books, and I've learned that you have to hold a pin in your mouth sometimes <laughs> yeah. to um, combat the negative talk to actually make a positive, even though it doesn't because it sends out different endorphins or serotonin or other levels of other chemicals in your brain. So we're going to dig into that today. And so Alicia Colon is here. She is not only a designer. She is she started out as a designer, but she is an illustrator. She's a paper artist. And she is a photographer. And I think all those things together make her just this like uh, uh, force to be reckoned with. And she really does use her faith as well in, in her journey. So we're going to kind of talk about all this. Definitely triple threat. Hey, Mark's from Bermuda. Oh, all right. Hey, Mark. And Scotty made it as well. And oh, sweet. Uh, and uh, yeah, DP's here too. Woot. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to, um, I'm going to just jump in. I know I gave you a little bit of a background, but just in case somebody hasn't heard about you or seen your work, Alicia, kind of tell them a little bit of your design history background. Okay. Cause you worked at Focus Lab. You, mm -hmm. did you grow up in Savannah? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Savannah and I went to a uh, graphic design school in Atlanta, got my BFA and then got a job at a church. Uh, so I was their designer. I focused mainly on print campaigns and I worked there for three years and there discovered photography and I fell in love with it. Uh, then fast forward a little bit, my husband gets a job in Miami, which forces us to relocate. And once that happens, uh, I started a photography business and it grew and it's kind of, that's where I started learning about like social media and learning that like, oh, you can get published and like all of that stuff's starting to get really exciting to me. 
and really started also learning and, and exploring light. Like photography mm. literally means painting with light. And so in order to be a really great photographer, you know, post-processing, retouching, being able to pose people, those are really important, but understanding light and how to make your camera do what you want it to do, like that is key. So I learned that in, in those pivotal years. And then fast forward even more, we moved back from Miami to Savannah and, um, did you have kids at this point or were you I had, no kids? I had two. I had, so okay. we moved one to Miami and then came back, had another one. So now I have two kids. Uh, and when we moved back, I ended up getting pregnant again. So three is the tr <laughs> magic number for us. Um, and we're all done with that. So anyway, um, so then I, uh, the business, the business is going well from a, like people are interested, but at the same time, I'm not getting enough money. So like the whole, hmm. my whole purpose was I, I needed to find a nine to five job so I could then support my photography business that normally happened on night weekends. Hmm. Uh, but then, um, that wasn't really working out well because my husband was like, you are gone all the time. And I'm like, okay, well now I just need to focus on a regular gig. And because I knew project management really well uh, from my previous experience and I also knew design at that point, focus lab was there and they were like, Hey, uh, you know, I reached out and I was like, Hey, do you guys need a project manager? And they're like, I really hope you're not kidding uh, because we would, we would love that. Uh, and so I started their project management. I was the first uh, PM there, helped form that department. Uh, and then they knew of my previous photography experience. And then so then they were like, hey, would you like to you know, try your hand at doing photos for us? And I was like, yeah, of course, I would love to do that. Uh, and so then three years after that, I started, uh, I switched from project management to photography full time for them, which was really cool, which is, I mean, granted, when I say full time, I meant that was my sole focus there. Right. And then from there, uh, I start really falling in love with paper illustration, um, like meaning like paper and like building sets and, and trying to be smart and clever in how I communicate that. So that kind of brings us up to date to where I am now. Okay. So in that time, when, and maybe this goes back even further, when did self-talk become something that you noticed you were doing to yourself? whether it was positive or negative? So I really noticed self-talk. I, I probably didn't notice it until I was like 25 or so. And that was when I started getting published um, or even trying to get published from a wedding photographer perspective. Because in, in the wedding industry, right, if you want to become really well known and you want to be able to charge the top dollar, you have to say like, oh, I have this award. I've been published in this magazine right. and da, da, da. And so once I realized that, then that's when I started like submitting, 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 submitting. And then that's also when, so 20, when I was 25, that's 11 years ago. All right. So I'm 36 years old now. So that's 11 years ago. Social media really is kind of like ramping up for me at least. And that's when I start like comparing myself with all the juggernauts that are already out there. And mm. so once I started getting rejection after rejection after rejection and started comparing myself to the other people out there, that's when my, like <laughs> what amount of security that I had, like was gone. Cause I just, it's true. Comparison is a fief joy. Right. Mm. Um, and so it just, it just plummeted. So you're, so what does that comparison look like? You're just going on social media and you're producing things and then you're like, my stuff isn't as good as theirs. Like kind of paint that picture because I want people to realize, oh, maybe I do that too. Or, you know, that's, I, I want them to be able to understand what 
it is that you like everybody kind of compares themselves what to what level does it start being debilitating and and actually feel like any of it's debilitating because it really hurts how you feel about you but how did you start how did it start affecting your job or your mm. cr curiosity your creativity yeah. well i think earliest on when i noticed earliest on when I noticed that like, whoa, this is something that is literally debilitating mm -hmm. is that like whenever I start, so whenever I was a wedding photographer, right back in the day, I, um, and I've been in this industry for like 14 years. So I have a lot of like weird stories. Um, but this one particular story, there was this thing and they're still really, really popular and you'll see them. But like what wedding photographers will do is that they'll have a style session. So they'll hire a floral arrangement people, florist, I think that's what you call, um, wedding cake, you know, event planners, wedding decorators, all this stuff. And, and, you know, just to the nines, decorate this whole thing. Like let something like crazy, you know, like we're going to do dinosaurs and lilies, you know, and that's going to be the theme. And you, and, you, and you just go crazy with it. And the photographer's job is to make it like all beautiful. I literally had everything situated. Right. And then at that point I started I started bulking. So I what had, does that mean? what do you mean? Like meaning like I had, like I had florist, I had cake people to sign on. I had the wedding event planner sign on. I had like, I had like everything, everything was going. And then I realized it was all on me. And at this point, like I was afraid, like I, I was like, I, I can't do this. And then at that point I started canceling. Mm. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm sick guys. I'm oh, so sorry. Yeah. And I literally like, so I started making excuses for not doing things like, like not, not showing up. And, and then I also realized it started happening on a minute scale where like, like realizing that this was deeper than just creativity. This is life because like I would have people who would want to get together and I'd be afraid to hook up with them. Like I would be afraid to go eat lunch with them. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not a good friend. I'm, I'm not good enough, you know? And so, uh, it, I isolated myself and I was very, very lonely. Mm. And so, and then, you know, progress, like, you know, fast forward, I had Netflix, they reached out. Um, so early on in my paper, I thought career, at first you were like, I had Netflix and I just turned to Netflix and I just watched Netflix, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Better, they act, they actually yeah, yeah. contacted you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Netflix contacted me. They were doing a first within their um, industry or not industry first within their company. And they were doing like a little internal design conference for all of their uh, in-house designers. Cause apparently there's many different departments, right? And they're all in these kind of different um, silos. And so they reached out to me and they were like, Hey, we are doing a first, we were doing an internal design conference or like workshops that we want to ignite creativity. But at the same time, we want people to kind of build rapport amongst the departments. And so we would love for you to come out and teach us how to do the whole photography stuff. And, um, so not photography, paper crafting stuff. Mm -hmm. And so at that juncture, um, I, I was really excited and I started thinking about how I could do it. Uh, and then once I realized that like, I can't even, I can't even figure out how to do an iceberg. Cause at this point I just did an iceberg like the week before and it, it, it was horrible and it didn't really work out very well. And, uh, and all intents and purposes in my per perspective of it, it failed at that mm -hmm. juncture. I said, no, I can't do it. Like I'm, I can't. And so I told them no. Um, 
and so, and there's been other instances as well, other companies that have reached out that are, that are large names, um, and so opportunities. How, and I so, just said, no. So how does that, so, so this sounds like a very, this sounds exactly a very similar conversation that I had with Derek Castle. Derek Castle was doing all the stuff on the side. He was, um, he was doing his, you know, linoleum cuts and these awesome things. And Miller Light and Harley Davidson contacted him and said, hey, we want you to be a part of this first artist series. And he told them no, you know, like, like, so how, and, and then they came back to his door the next day with a six pack or a 12 a case of beer. And they said, we want you to reconsider. And he took the job. But how That's does cool. your like faith come in? How does, how, how did you push through because at some point you, you start, you either listen and then you fall away. You just keep, keep, keep. So there must've been something in you that kept the fire going. So I want to know what that was. And then did your faith play a role at all in getting you kind of back on the horse? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really good questions. Goodness gracious. And I don't necessarily know how to, to enter that one. <laughs> um, um, so I think for me, I've always been one to believe that um, I'm I'm in this broken state, always continually being moved to being better, to be healed. Mm -hmm. And and so it's like while I was isolating myself and while I was really lonely um, and while I was, you know, debilitated by this, I was like, there has to be a way out of this. There has to be. But I don't know what it is. And I don't I don't even know how mm. I got here. Like I, I don't know anything. And then, so one day I was listening to um, a message by Craig Rochelle and I love Craig Rochelle. He is a leadership expert. He's also a pastor out West. And, um, and he was talking about his negative thoughts and how it absolutely debilitates him. And, um, and he, he said pretty much one of the things that he started doing was these personal declarations where it's like every single morning he, he woke up and he would say all of these things about himself. Uh, and of course, all of his stuff that he says about himself is, um, since he's a pastor, obviously is, is going to be built upon the Bible. Um, so, but he's going to say those selves to himself, like to himself. And, and, and generally what it is, is that it, it is the positive counterpart of the negative thing that you already think about yourself. Mm. Um, and he said what he likened this to was if, for instance, um, if I was, you know, let's say that I could speak French, but just really badly. Okay. But I have like a foreign exchange student and she can speak French really, really well. Well, she'll talk to me in French. I'll intake it in French, translate it to English, figure out my answer, translate it back to French and then speak it. And so it's very slow right. coming in and out. Right. And as, as we're talking, but eventually what will happen is that it will switch where it's like, it goes in in French, I think in French, and then I speak out in French. Uh, if I keep at it, right, that's, that's how language happens. And, and he likened to these personal declarations that that's exactly what happened. That as soon as he started saying this over and 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 over again, mm. it pretty much, um, like whenever he noticed a negative thought would come in, like he'd be like, nope, positive. And he would, and then at that juncture, it's like he would get into a situation. Um, and he's like, okay, I need to you know, it's, I need to like tackle this from a positive perspective. So that was the catalyst of a, this is, this is somebody who seems like he's struggling with what I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. He has a solution, but I know there has to be more to it. So, so he also started out doing the positive thoughts and then just by doing the positive thoughts, he was able to kind of 
hear when his brain went into that other gear and he would could stop it. Mm-hmm. I mean, now it maybe is quicker or it maybe it's something that he's always going to deal with. Who knows? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so in this timeline, when did you start? Cause you have one of the things that is your superpower is your curiosity. Cause I feel like that's what brought you to do. I mean, so this is what I think of. If Alicia wants to do something, she just does it. Like she figures it out. And that to me is very, um, uh, it's so empowering. It's also like, well, she figured it out and she just like, you're, you're a strong woman, but you also have, you're not, you're not, uh, haughty or, um, you're not, uh, you're very humble about it. So how do you go from design to, uh, photography, wedding photography to doing product photography to doing, um, then paper art. So was all like photography, did that start out as a hobby and then it became a business? Like you're just a serial kind of entrepreneur and you, you are always trying to find like, Hey, I think I can make money at that. Or is this just like, Hey, I really enjoy this. And then people see it. And then they're like, Hey, could you do this for us? Yeah, I definitely think that, um, I think, I definitely think it's the latter. Uh, so I would say that the whole paper illustration thing. Okay. Let, we're going to have to fast forward this. So whenever I went to graphic design school, I changed my major like four times. And at the end of graphic design school, I was like, all right, um, I don't like this. I kind of quickly realized I did mm. not like, I, I love design and I appreciated it, but I did not like being the one who did it. Right. But at the same time, I also knew it was creative. So I, di- I, didn't, I didn't know where to go or what to do. So at this juncture, when I was offered this job, I was like, okay, well, something is figured out for me. So I'm going to go do this. Uh, so I went forward in that direction. Um, so, and that worked out really well, but the, the love of photography kind of just like, I just stumbled into that. Um, but I think one of the things that I really need to kind of really like, like make sure that like I make known is that there's a couple of books that I read. So like the thing that I said about Craig was like how to, but there's like three different books four specifically, but three books that like really, change the trajectory of everything that I was doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the things that I love about Focus Lab is that they have such a a hunger for learning. And it's Mm -hmm. because me being in that situation with like Eric Regan and Bill Kinney, um, those two specifically, Eric led the way of like, just never stop learning. And I mean, we even had a book club where it's like on company time, we would read the book and then we would talk about it. Um, like there are so many perks and so many incentives to like read and to learn. And, and when you have your leadership doing it already and you see the benefits of that, you end up kind of like taking it into you. Um, but there's three books that I wanted to share because the whole thing about like taking your thoughts captive, I hear you and I, and I, and I agree with you hundred percent, but I think what's really cool too is that it's all really backed up on research. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so one of the books, and I'm really glad that you have like the two free audible books because this is going to be perfect for those who like, cause all of these, I listen to all my books. So <laughs> this is, yeah, this is definitely going to be awesome for people. Um, so one is the first book is the power of habit by, um, Charles D U H I G G de Hig. I don't, okay. I'm going to, cool. I'm going to get the link. So if people want them to, 
Okay, cool. So in that book, um, Charles breaks down how habits are formed and how to change them. And the thing that I found really interesting about that book was that these habits, they become so ingrained in us mm -hmm. that they, at a subconscious level, they drive the direction of our life. Um, and it's really interesting because what happens is that um, we're forming these things either intentionally or unintentionally. And when we come up to an obstacle, if you have a, if you have a habit of thinking like, Oh man, I don't, I can't do this. or therefore I'm not good enough. Like that mm -hmm. becomes a habitual way of thinking and, and mm -hmm. a very unintentional way of thinking as well. And, uh, he shares a case study in there. Uh, and it, it's really cool. The one, this one particular one that illustrates it, it's, um, Eugene Polly is the guy's name. And he had an illness that pretty much caused a lot of like brain damage specifically to one of the parts of his brain that does um, short term memory loss. Mm -hmm. And so this dude couldn't, he couldn't even remember the beginning of a five minute long conversation. You know what I mean? Like he was definitely in repeat. And so they, cause, but other than that, like he was in like good health. And so just in case if anybody is interested in reading that, there is a medium, and I sent this in an email to you, Diane, so I don't know if you got it, um, yep. but there is a medium uh, excerpt, like on medium, there's an excerpt that specifically talks about Eugene from this book, if you guys are interested in it. Um, but following Eugene and having science and all this stuff, like they realized that even though he had short-term memory loss, he was still making new habits. Meaning like he went, like one is really cool was that he, he went to this new house and his wife at the certain point of the day would always take him out walking the same exact path every single day. And so, and you know, day after day, day after day, day after day. And then what ended up happening was like, she ended up having to like use the restroom, like, you know. Was, it was not the time of the day that she needed to use the restroom, but it was the time of the day that Eugene was ready to go for the walk. So she came out of the restroom and Eugene is gone. And she's like, oh no, what happened? Um, and so she goes and she gets in the car and she's like frantically trying to find who, like, where is Eugene? Uh, and then ends up finding him. Well, she comes back, he's in the chair and like, he's like the where he normally, and he, and he has like pine cones and stuff with him. So like, indicators of like, oh, he walked the same path because it was set at the same time. But this was something, this was a new habit that was done after his short-term memory loss was gone. And so therefore there were, there were things within his case study that proved that we subconsciously form habits. And so that opened this whole world up to me of realizing like, okay, if I am subconsciously forming habits. Um, can I consciously form habits and can I be more intentional with those that are actually uplifting? And so then the next book that I ended up reading was grit by Angela Duckworth. Um, and she's a doctor in psychology. She's also a researcher. And uh, so Angela, um, she shares research after research, trying to answer this one question. Um, if, two people are on a piece of paper, right? Like you, you have their, all their accolades and their achievements and their, their scores and, you know, IQs all written down on the same paper. One will fail and one won't. And what's that differentiator? Or, or she's like, even better yet, and more often than not, on the two pieces of paper, you have one who's like, they went to a private school and they had like 4.0 GPA and they're like amazing. And then you have this other person who's like, barely hanging to like, barely struggling to hang on. 
but when push comes to shove, the guy who is on paper better in every sense of the word will fail. And this guy is not, he, he excels over a long time. The, the one who's struggling. And so she talks about why she talks about that. The struggling yeah. person is the person who has grit that they are more familiar with failure, right? Yeah. So they are more accustomed to failure. And so when the A student, it was actually took place at uh, West Point, this, this study, yeah. and, um, I believe, uh, um, didn't Peter, Peter, didn't you go to West Point? Is he still here? I don't know. Maybe he's not here. I don't know. He, sure he went to well. West Point. Um, Peter Del Tondo. And so they, they did this. And so they ended up, even the people who are most athletically gifted, not just brain gifted. Yeah. Um, it's the people who were athletically gifted. Those people also were not accustomed to failing. And so it, I, I love this book. So I would totally yeah. recommend if you're getting two free audible yeah. books, I'd get this one. Yeah. As one yeah. Of them. yeah. And, and like, like exactly what you said, the thing that was on the paper that was like the differentiator is the grit. And, and it's like that levels of perseverance. And she says that like, um, it, it's the people with the can do attitude that will go farther. And then that the point was like, I don't have to be amazingly talented. I don't have to be amazingly creative. I don't have to be a mathematical genius. I just have to not give up. Right. And that was like, holy granola. And then, all right, so I have, I have the, you know, learning about habits. I'm learning about this grit. And then the last book that like really like was the linchpin is the mindset, the new psychology of success by uh, Carol Dweck. She also is a doctor in psychology. Um, Duckworth and Dweck are actually um, colleagues. And so they, they do reference each other in each other's book, which is how I knew to get this one. Um, and she sets out and defines a fixed and the growth mindset in the whole entire book is, mm -hmm. is understanding what fixed mindset is, what growth mindset is. Um, and she said the fixed mindset is people who believe their basic abilities, their intelligence and, and their talents are all just fixed traits. Like I'm determined at birth, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And they spend their time documenting, documenting their intelligence or talent instead of mm -hmm. developing them. Mm -hmm. Like Sheldon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a growth mindset people, uh, people who believe that their most basic abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work. Brains and talents are just the starting point. Uh, there, this view creates love of learning and resilience that is essential for great accomplishment. And she just showed time and time and time again, um, what ends up happening with people who believe in fixed mindset versus people who believe in growth mindset. And, and this was the time where I was like, I am a growth mind or fixed mindset person, mm. you know? And so because of the combination of these books and the cognitive habits that I've already formed, I mean, I had this endless loop of negativity because pretty much whenever I was getting those rejection letters and rejection letters and reject, I was just like, look, proof proof, right? Because if I'm in a fixed mindset, I'm looking for verification for affirmation that I either am, am creative or I'm not creative or I'm smart or I'm not smart. And so at that juncture, all, once all this information, like it kind of like all washed over me. And then at that juncture, it, my personal declarations, because I took Craig's recommendation and I'm going into 2019 will be my third year going into it. Um, and it has been change like life-changing so we talked specifically so one of the things is that it can be debilitating that you actually stop um 
mm-hmm. able being able to produce you you actually when you were a photographer you actually turned people down turned people down because and that was one way so when you weren't being a wedding photographer and maybe i know netflix or other people contacted you when did you start taking a chance with yourself and saying hey i'm going to try and then i and then we'll talk i have another question <laughs> okay uh when so when I decided that like, hey, I'm going to try. Instead of turning something down. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's like, that's nerve wracking. Uh, is would, it still it, a daily struggle? Well, it, I mean, it is. I would say not, not nearly as to the point where it used to be. Holy granola. It used to be where I would shut down. Um, and like just the, the stress of thinking about it was too much for me. So I would just turn people mm-hmm. down. So now, now it's like I go into the day and I have like this rocky, you know, like playing in my mind. And it's like, mm-hmm. I can do this. All I have to do is not give up. You know, I'm like, I can do this. And, and literally I will say that over and over and over again. Um, and I make my kids say it. Like they do homework. <laughs> and my middle, my middle daughter uh, is slightly dyslexic. And, and I literally, I was like, all right, now we're going to stop everything that we're going to do right now. And you're going to tell me 10 times that you can do this. Mm. <laughs> and she's like, I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, when did I, I think, so first off, so it was, it was a combination of reading those books, but then also starting to get community around me that like, um, mm. because what, what ended up happening is that like, and how I said earlier that it, it shut me off, not just from creative work, but also relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would have people around me who, um, who would like just speak truth and be like, no, you are a valuable friend. Like, no, you, you do bring value into this relationship, like, you know, and all of that stuff. And then, and then just really starting to believe them. Um, and, and literally having to tell myself the truth going like, no, this person is really telling the truth. Like, no, it's, you know, um, and so from there having a community that I can trust. And so that was super team deluxe. So that was Justin and, uh, and Justin and Raji and being able to say like, okay, I want to create small sets you know, using paper, like, can I do that with you? And so they provided a safe, like they needed something, you know, and I needed something. And so, and they're a very supportive group of guys and they're like, okay. And they created a very safe place for me to try. And then from there, I got a little bit more encouragement as I went to focus lab, took the fruit of that from super team, went to focus lab and said, okay, I've been playing with this on my personal time. Like I think this would be a really cool um, blog header style to try to like to differentiate our media from anybody else's because no one else is using like paper stuff. Right. And they're like, okay, that sounds cool. And I'm like, yeah. And so uh, at that point it just got, I mean, I would still have to fight, but it got easier and easier. Well, it really does make a difference when other people are believing in you. And I think, when you start separating yourself out from those other people, then you start hearing your inside voice more, way more than you should. So having those good, safe relationships is really important. And it doesn't have to be 15 people, like two or three people. Maybe it's just one other person. But I do think that these are people outside of your spouse um, and maybe outside of your boss to some extent, because these are people they don't have to, they're not um, invested in you and this, thing. They, they just want to be around you because they like you. Not that your spouse doesn't like you, but you know what I mean? Like it's a different relationship 
Yeah, you know? my husband is like he's an IT guy. Like he he just he's like I don't understand what you do. He's like he just comes in and he's like that's cool. You made that. Oh, that's awesome. You know, and he's like okay, see you later. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so yeah, so having people within the community who understand uh, what I do was really helpful. So in your confidence, so confidence seems to be a turn, but really it was the self-confidence where you were claiming you heard somebody else do something. You saw that it was similar to what you were dealing with. And you said, Hey, I think I can incorporate this, these simple steps of uh, yep. saying something positive to yourself. And then you start realizing when you're doing it. And then it was having this um, sharing your, superpower, sharing your talent with two people that you trusted, which was Justin and Raji. Mm -hmm. um, then you were able to go to your boss, Eric or Bill or both and say, Hey, I want to try this. And one, it has to do that. You are very entrepreneurial. You also have a very good business mindset. You can say, Hey, this is going to help us differentiate. Nobody's really doing this. Here's so I don't know if some people may not have seen your work. So I'm going to share my screen real quick and show your Instagram. And I want you to specifically talk about this piece real quick, just to okay. show this is about a year and a half difference of time. We kind of figured out, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 So the, the image on the left is an iceberg and, um, it took, it took 20 hours, but the problem is, <laughs> is that normally up to this point, everything took between four to eight hours to create, um, eight hours being like, Whoa, that, that took forever. And, uh, so, and this was also in the pinnacle of my personal declarations. Um, so whenever I first started my personal declarations, I actually like, so they're written out. I don't know if people can see that, but yeah, they, we, we can okay. see. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So they're written out. So, because I don't trust this, so they're written out. And I, at the very beginning, I used to take them with me to work. Um, and so I did it and eight hours came and went and I pretty much had everything not to do. <laughs> like I tried mm. and it was like, it, like nothing worked. Cause I, I suck at math. And I remember like, I just started crying. Like, so everybody left, everybody left. And I called my husband. I was like, can you pick up the kids? Um, like I, I have, I'm in the middle of a battle. It's I like, I need to beat it. You know, cause, cause the battle was not whether or not I can make an iceberg. The battle was whether or not like I'm going to allow my insecurity to win. Hmm. Um, and so I remember like going back and looking at my paper and it's like, I had two desks cause I had my desk and the cricket desk and the craft desk right next to me. And I had paper all over it and I had mathematical <laughs> formulas all over it. And I remember like cleaning everything off and like, you know, like trying to do a fresh restart and, um, and like sitting back down going like, I don't even know where to begin. And I just, and just like bawling. Hmm. And then like, I looked over at my, um, at my personal declarations, which was tucked in my Bible, which I brought every single day. And I was like, all right. So I pulled it out and I just started saying over and over, like, you know, I'm created to create, you know, mm -hmm. like I can do this. Um, and just, it's got to the point where I just like escalated and just started yelling over and over, like, I can do this. I can do this. And then that that's what ended up happening. So 20 hours, that's what ended up happening. Now the thing, and and the photography or just the art? No, the, the craft. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, everything, everything. The photography, the art, everything, everything. And so then I, um, I was like, okay. Um, so 
and, and at that point I was like, if this is taking me 20 hours to make an iceberg, there's no way, <laughs> there's no way that I'm going to be a freelancer at this ever my whole entire mm. life. Um, there's, but this was your first kind of big one, right? Not, 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 I mean, I've had other ones, but yeah, I mean. So what was so hard about this one? Was it math? Oh, okay. <laughs> Dang angles. Uh, and so then the, so on the right hand side, so at that left hand side, I thought that I was too old to start something new. Mm -hmm. I thought that I would never be hired as a freelancer. And then on the one on the right hand side, Dan Petty hired me to create the graphics for the upcoming Epicurrence. That's going to be launching soon guys. Um, so on, on the right hand side, that was also in 20 hours. I am freelance. I'm older now. And now I figured out you can use 3d rendering things to like, build models for me and print them out on papers and I can print them out. So anyway, so got a lot smarter, uh, work harder. So anyway, so then, so I'm just going to click through some of these. So obviously your photography is huge in this and these are, these are skills you're built on that you're, you are building on and they all have to start somewhere. But if we give up, then we're never going really deep on our, the thing that we were meant to do because we were meant to create. Yeah. Yeah. So like one of the things that I said, and, and so I just got done speaking at um, design week in Tallahassee. And one of the things that I said was it wasn't until I was able to overcome my insecurity that I was able to fully explore and stay curious because what mm. ends up happening is that like, if I'm so afraid of failure, I'm not going to experiment. I'm not going to stay curious. And if we stay curious, that's how we, that's how we push forward the envelope you know that's right. how we move forward in, in our skill set and uh and i and i really think that staying curious is a thing that keeps us intrigued and engaged in our craft so you're not the only person who's done self-declaration so scott so i'm gonna stop the share so scott soder said he does carly said she does that's so awesome i think and, and scott also said he said um that he sort of has a personal mission statement as well and he said he thinks that they do help you think of your value and how to communicate that because i think one of the things we devalue our our worth especially when we're starting something new i mean i'm 45 so i've got almost 10 years on you but i do feel like um I feel like your newness and creativity is, is not connected to your age. It's just connected to a mindset. And I remember somebody, I had a lady who was a client who does face reading, which I know seems really weird, but they do this in um, lawyers will hire people who are face readers. Cause when they're answering questions, you might see. So she asked me, so I have tons of, I don't know if you guys can see, but I have tons yeah. of lines on my face and I don't wear makeup. So anyway, so, she's like, Oh, have things come easy to you or have things been hard? And I'm like, things have always been hard. Nothing's come easy to me. And she's like, I can tell that's what those lines are. I guess. Cause I always do this. And so I have these embedded lines. And I was, it was one point where I was like, wow, now I'm proud of these lines. I'm way prouder of these lines. And I don't care about showing them or covering them up or something because I'm like, this shows that I've I've had to work hard and then I've had, I have struggled, but I've also overcome. And I do, I love the grit. I love that. It's just that you just got to keep going. And I like Scott Beersack, I think is a real gritty. Um, he's one of my gritty friends, you know? All right. So we're like on question two. So I've got to, um, uh, oh. I know we, we 
<laughs> but I want it. So Jason had a question. How do you keep the voice in your head from telling you you're a piece of crap? Because that's exactly what the voice tells you, or you're not worth it. You're never going to make this. I mean, that there, that isn't, that is exactly what we're all hearing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this mm -hmm. is that they'd say way meaner things, I think. So what was, I don't know if you can share any of the personal declarations and have they changed? Have your personal declarations changed yes. each year? Do you sit down every quarter or every year and kind of write new ones or is it on your birthday or, or some sort of, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Jason, what I would, what I would ask of you is, um, can you get more specific and not necessarily in this particular, like, you know, arena, but you know, I, I feel like oftentimes I, that there's something specifically that like, we feel like we're really super, like super struggled with. And then at that point, what it's going to happen is that you're going to be able to tackle that thing. And so for mine, like, so I have green and then you can see like I've added in like orange, I've highlighted, I've you know added in different colors. And so like a as I go on, I do I do add uh, or I emphasize things or I change words and things. Um, so, but for me, so like one of my things was like I'm not good enough. So I'm not I'm not mm. I'm not smart enough to figure this out. And so one mm. of the ones that I would say over to myself is Christ's grace is sufficient for me. His power is made perfect in my weakness. So it's like, even though I am weak, I know that like he's out there and he's smarter than I am. And like, I can just keep, keep doing this knowing that he's going to help me. Um, another one is that my confidence is not in me. My confidence is in Christ, you know? So I understand that these are definitely Christian related, but there also are other things that you can build yourself up on. on. Um, so just saying like my worth is not tied up in what I do. Like that's, pretty blanket statement for every single person. Like your worth is not tied up in what you do. And it's like, so like if I'm, if I'm feeling rejected by this or whatever, I can continually say like, no, my worth is not tied up in what I do. Um, I also say, I don't need man's acceptance. That's another mm -hmm. one for me. It's like, I don't need people's acceptance. I accept people first. Um, and so like whenever I'm at a conference, I try to go out of my way to like get to know people or to like, Hey, who are you? What do you do? I want to hear about you, you know? And cause at that point I realized that people are so afraid to, to open up. And so it's like, if I go first, you know, they'll be there. Um, so yeah, I have like a lot of other things. Another one is that I'm a beloved child of God, chosen, desired and accepted by him. And so, and that's just a, like, I, even if like, so I'm saying that I'm not good enough or I'm saying that I'm not pretty enough or I'm saying that like, I'm not a good mother or I'm a horrible friend or whatever. It's like Meh. over here, this is what God thinks of me. And that's way more important. Um, and so I build it upon that. So, and, and those things are, I would think for you, self truths. And these are things that don't, um, it's like a parent's love, right? It doesn't matter what your kid does. That still is a self-truth for you. Now, mm -hmm. I think sometimes, so um, I'm with you on believing that those are the things that God has said. And to me, those are things that you can absolutely count on that. It's not even a parent's love sometimes can, can fade. I've you know, right. seen that with other people's families, not my family, thankfully. And my mom's here. Hey mom. But, <laughs> you know, it, there are times when you feel like you can, I know I felt like this with my parents, that you could actually lose 
your parents will be so disappointed or you might lose their love. Yeah. And I feel like with God, he's giving us a promise that that isn't, that isn't the case. And so those are some of the self-truths. So if you're not a Christian and you don't believe those things, then that, that is, you need to have some self-truth that's not connected to um, an action that you do or something that you have to perform because what if you lose your legs and you can't run or what if not, I don't yeah. know. That yeah. might be a really bad analogy, but you know what yeah, I mean. But it's, it's, it's true. hundred percent. It's true. Okay. So do you think you struggled with self-talk even as a kid? I think so, but it's one of those where it's like, it's so difficult to pinpoint that it's difficult to, to say whether you did or not. You know what I mean? It's one of those where it's like, um, I can, I can remember points where I was really insecure. Mm-hmm. But to say whether or not that was like manifested in my own head or like whatever, like um, it's just it's just really difficult. But it it's one of those where it's like I realized that I became very self conscious as an adult, specifically trying to go out from a creative entrepreneurial standpoint. You know what I mean? Mm, like yes. when I like that's when it got really noticeable. Uh, was I was like, okay, I need to make this now. Can I do it? So it's not just about creating, but could be creating, but also belief in yourself. Like even when a new project comes up. So my husband in 2005 was the first website I ever created. And it was total, you know, HTML and CSS, mainly HTML. And he was like, you can do this, Diane, you could do this. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't really want to do this. Like mm-hmm. I, this sounds like stuff that's hard that maybe is outside of what I'm comfortable with, but I attacked it in small ways and I didn't try to do this like flash website from the get go. I tried to do something that I thought was an achievable one. That's why I thought, well, you know, maybe was this your first, the iceberg, was that your first biggest challenge. And so there was just something you said, what it was, was the math. And so it maybe attacking something that didn't have so much math and attacking little bits of math and adding to instead of doing something that had so much math, but it's kind of like knowing where your Achilles heel is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's self, you know, introspection, I think, mm-hmm. but sometimes we just I didn't know if I would like it. I didn't know, but I love publication design. I actually think web design and publication design are so similar. So it's kind of like you could do the little bit of math, just like you would tell your daughter, hey, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. And I think sometimes it is just that repetitive. My dad used to always say, and I guess my mom did too. I don't remember my mom saying this, but I'm sure she did. But my dad, that little engine that could, I don't know if you remember Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So he was like, and I just always felt like my sister was always the best engine because she could do the schoolwork. She was athletic to some extent. I mean, she's very thin and you look, I mean, she, she plays soccer, but she's, she was kind of clumsy a little bit. I think more as a kid, when she she broke her arm, broke her wrist on my birthday, I was like, "Hmm, thanks so much for that. But, um, (laughs) But she just did everything pretty well. And what I was good at wasn't something that was valued in school. I was good at talking to people, which really got me ins in conduct, uh, which means needs improvement. Yes. But it's helped me 
in real life, but I feel like you just have to be able to look at the perspective of maybe this will help. And my mom, I remember my mom has told me recently, she's like, I told that teacher to not have all y'all facing each other. If she didn't want you to talk, she shouldn't have had you facing each other, then you wouldn't have been talking. And so I, I feel like that was, um, you know, they're kind of creating situations that are helping us fail. Like you with so many angles is like a situation that I think when you're, when you're trying to get out of this self-talk, like for Jason, if you just hear yourself over and over and over, you definitely should start with some of these, um, do a personal mission statement and, mm -hmm. and do some of these self declarations. Mm -hmm. And I also think get a few people, two or three people that are not, not, not Tina, not your boys, not your parents, not your brother, but somebody else who believes in you, who could say, this is what I see in you. That is a, your superpower. This is what I see yeah. as, and then you at least have that behind you because sometimes there are things that you do that you think are cool, but then you show it to somebody else and they're like, hmm, that's, that's nice. You, you spent 20 hours doing that. What what were you gonna do for money today? You know, and you're like, well, I made I made this iceberg for money today or something. I know. You know? I think so, it's so cool that I can like I can point to the mountain and I'm like, you know what, sweethearts? Uh, to my kids, I'm like, I got paid <laughs> to make that mountain, so don't touch that mountain. Um, but like, I I love that what I do is kind of definitely off the beaten course, and mm -hmm. it, it shows the kids the potential. You know. Because uh, I knew whenever I grew up, it was very much like, you're going to be a nurse or you're going to be, you know, blue collar somewhere, you know, working on a conveyor line belt thing. And right. um, because I wanted to do art too. And that was very much like, nope, that's not, I even asked for art lessons when I was a kid and my parents were like, nope. So I didn't even take any single art class in high school and somehow managed to go to art school and college. That's, that's awesome. I yeah. think, um, it, so as Shannon says earlier, she said forward motion in the mindset of knowing that we win, that win or lose, pass or fail, there's a purpose in taking the step. And that's why the uh, gurus or whatever they say, it's not in the destination, it's the journey. journey. And it really is. It's, it's that walking. It's, it's what you are doing to get through that yucky stuff. And I always tell people who are going, students who come to me and they're really going through something really hard. And they're continuing on. They're continuing to battle. I say, well, this is this is what makes your story great. It's not it's not the hey, I was on the top of the mountain for twenty years. It was oh my goodness, you've continued to battle. You continue to get up on the mountain, then you go down in the valley, and the valley can be very very isolating. And you want to be up on the top, mm -hmm. but it because you can see where you're going. You feel like you've made it. You know you have accomplished yeah. something. Um, okay, so we have like six minutes left. Um, was there a specific point in time, and you kind of talked about this um, as well. You talked about as you as you read this book, but what I think it was, or it was the um, the guy Craig Rochelle. When was when did you? Was it just a video? Was it something you heard? Was it a book? I can't remember what you. Yeah. So what what pinpointed that was the leadership uh, podcast. So he has a leadership podcast. Um, so what pinpointed that was that uh, literally is just one of those. I wasn't searching for it. It just happened to be, mm. you know, on my. I have routines. Um, so I do have my habits, and one of them is listening to a, a podcast or an audiobook on the way to work uh, when I worked at Focus Lab. 
Um, and so that just happened to be the next in the queue. And at that juncture, I remember taking my lunch break uh, and writing down, okay, these are the things that I struggle with. Because in order for the personal declarations to work, you, I mean, yeah, it, it's sure have those, you know, darts that you're just throwing. But like, if you really want to be targeted, you have to be very conscious of like, okay, these are the things that I struggle with. And so therefore I need to find a truth that replaces that. Um, and then, and then knowing that that list doesn't have to be perfect because if you wait for perfection, you'll never move forward. Right. And so at that point it's like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna roll with what I have. And then you have to, in order for the personal declarations to like get hold, you have to quite literally put it a part of your day. Like it has to be a part of your day. So if you, and you have to read them, yeah, like you brush your teeth, you do your personal declarations or you put them inside your shoes. So every single time you put your shoes on, you know, that's what, you know what I mean? And like, like something like that. So how, cause I don't know, I know I asked this, but I'm not sure if you answered this. How often do you reevaluate your personal declarations and set new ones? I don't have a set time. Um, so since I do do them like daily, I mean, this is a very well-loved piece of paper. Um, and if I, I had lost them once and I had to redo it, but then I found the original and I was like, oh yes. Um, so there's no set day for me to like redo them at all. Just like, when just keep, one doesn't feel as, yeah, like, you so just like cross it out and as I, well, not necessarily cross it out because I feel like I'm always continually, because one of your other questions that you asked or you will be asking is like, is this like a thing that you just get over and you have to never have to deal with again? I'm like, no, not for me. So this is why this is so important. And so the truths, they might be easier. They mean, mean more top of mind. I don't necessarily go revert naturally to the negative one like I used to, but that doesn't mean that in, in a, like welled up frustration moment, you know, where it's like, I've been working on something for two hours and it's not working. It doesn't mean that that negative thought won't come back. Um, it just means it'll take two hours of frustration to get there as opposed to like 10 or 15 mm -hmm. minutes. Um, and so anyway, so I never, I haven't crossed out anything, but I definitely have added to it as, uh, as my life has you know, I've realized that because it's like layers. So it's like once I deal with something, I realize like, oh, okay, I struggle with this and this capacity. And so therefore I, I write something for that. Okay. So, because that was one of the next questions. So how, so what would you tell somebody who is struggling with severe negative self-talk? What would you tell them like the first five steps would be, or the first one step would be? The first one step is believing that they can change it. Okay. I mean, it's like if they, if they think that all of this is for not, if they don't, if they don't get it, then at that juncture, it's like, hmm. it's like, why well, do this? And I, and I guess like, so I'm one of those people where it's like my husband, um, my husband dislocated his pinky toe and my mom told me to like, tell Desmond to wrap it. I'm like, 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 but wrap it in heat, like put like a heating thing on it. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like whatever. And then, so I didn't tell him. And then like later on, she's like, well, did you tell him? I'm like, no. Like why? She's like, well, because the heat draws the blood to the area and the, and what, because that's like the farthest thing away and blood like cleanses it out and it's going to heal it really faster. I'm like, Oh, you're a nurse. I forget this. <laughs> okay. All right. And so it's, so those books, were like, while it was really cool for me to hear Craig and to hear like, okay, this, 
he has figured out or he has, you know, whatever, a way to change it. Those books gave me the like, oh, scientific, like, yeah, it can. I'm not taking one mm -hmm. person's testimony. I'm taking three researchers and, and their combined knowledge mm -hmm. um, and understanding like, no, this can be changed and this is the way you do it. And on top of that, there's another book that I didn't even talk about, um, but it's called Switch on Your Brain and it's by Caroline Leaf and she is a cognitive and neuroscientist. And so where everyone else I talked about, she, they're doctors in psychology, she's a neuroscientist. So she, she looks at like the subatomic particles in your brains and the proteins and whatnot. And one of the things that she said, which was really interesting is that like, the more you think about this thought and think, think about this in relationship to the, the habit book uh, and the grit book uh, mm -hmm. and the fixed mindset, the more you think about this thought, literally the, the thicker it gets, like literally physically oh, yeah. in your brain, right? It, it, they say you think about something for seven days, it becomes a nub. And then 14 days, it becomes like a little lollipop. And then 21 days, it becomes a mushroom. And I'm talking about like a physical presence of a thought in your brain, physical. And she said, what ends up happening is that once you start thinking about this other thought that like is direct competition of it, proteins from this thought that is embedded goes to the other one and starts building the other one. And it's reason why it's so hard at the very beginning to get that going because there's no proteins over there yet. You know what I mean? It's like, you have to do it. And she was like, it takes, it takes like, she says it takes 21 days um, of like constant repetition in order to to do the first cycle and to, to really free yourself from that. And she's like, normally it takes like, three full cycles. So 21 times three to, to really disengage a thought and to rebuild another thought. So that's why these personal declarations again are really important because what you're doing is that you're having something that's like leading you through a script into it. So the first thing you have to believe it. Mm -hmm. You have all the scientific explanation to in those it. four books mm -hmm. to prove it. And then the second thing is get your personal declaration on. Okay. So then, so after that, and then it's just repeat, right? Repeat, repeat, repeat. And not giving up repeat, repeat. And it's like at the very beginning, do it as much as you can. Cause it's like, now it's like, I can, you get to the point where you, you're, it's like, it's like you're reading it, but you're really reciting it because at this point it's memorized. Um, right. But that's, that's where you want to be. That is exactly where you want to be. Cause you want, when it's tough, you want those thoughts to be memorized. So, and I've tried to share all these links over uh, and they will be below in YouTube on iTunes as well as um, on the, on the page on the, on my, on recharging you. So um, do you think listening to a more, po more positive voice, meaning surrounding yourself with different people um, has changed the way that you work creatively? or changed you and changed your creative work is what I had asked you. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think so. And, and it, so it wasn't like I had to change a group of friends. It was more of a, like, I actually had to like step into the group of friends that was like waiting for me. Um, and I would have and I big plug for creative South because that was the first creative conference that I went to. Um, and I couldn't have asked for a better one because it, they're so welcoming that just the community is like so welcoming. And so because of that, um, it, it seemed to be like a safe place to, to make friends. Mm -hmm. 
So that, that was really, yeah. Okay. So for sure, Amy's agreeing to create herself. Yeah. The best. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I will be there 2019 party. <laughs> Me too. Yay. Okay. So what, <laughs> what would be, what's next for you? So what is it, is it really just you continuing to repeat this to yourself? Um, do, do you just go with your curiosity when God kind of leads you to a new creative venue? You do believe that you are never too old to try something um, new and that you now believe that and that's part of who you are. Um, like, what do you, what is next for you? Cause you also have a podcast. You want to tell them about your podcast? Manual yeah. Focus? So I have a, yeah. So I, I do have a podcast that is called manual focus. And oftentimes um, it's an interview of a Christian creative that's within the field uh, that has a story that they would like to share something that God has taught them. Um, so Daryl Pinnock, uh, who was in here earlier? I don't know yeah. if he's still in here, DP. Uh, so he was on there. Jeremy Slagle, who's in here, he was on there with his wife, Becky. Um, and, and so it's some other people are um, in the lineup too, like Adam Grayson, Alan Peters, and Dan Petty. Um, so they're, they're coming like down the wing. So it's really exciting to hear from them as well. Um, but right now, if you're really interested, this is really cool, is that we're doing a Christmas Advent. So every single day I have a scripture that's related to Christmas that you can just go, literally, it's going to be less than two minutes. I even took the weird intro out uh, just so you could get straight to the, to the verse. Um, so anyway, so that's like super rad. Um, but the, the thing that ultimately is next for me, I would say, is that I want to start an agency um, that is for... An agency that is, that is like creative content production, which is what I'm what I'm doing, and I want to um, I want to create an agency that that people in transition or under resource or underprivileged that perhaps can't go to an art school or anything mm. like that, like they would come in through an apprenticeship and then eventually be hired. Um, so that is that's the goal, and that is daunting, but that's the God side vision that I have, uh, and I believe awesome. that I believe it's going to happen. So that, so, so you are also super organized. That's one of, I think another one of your superpowers. So how do you balance the organization? Cause you have three kids, you have, you're a wife, um, you do other things besides, uh, just how do you balance all the organized side and the creative side? Cause I also see, see that as being one of those battles, uh, in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it stresses me out if I don't have any organization. So perhaps it maybe just have to be part of my personality. I also send my kids off. I'm not one of those, like, I'm going to homeschool my kids. I think that's really great. And I admire all those that do that. I, I would die. Um, I can't teach. I, I taught my third year old, my three, no, not third year old, third grader, how to like multiply wrong. So <laughs> it's just proof in the pudding that I am not a good at math and B built for this. Uh, to, um, so anyway, so I just schedule my day very intentionally. I try to figure out what's going to happen from a project flow, what's going to happen from a week perspective, and then what's happening from a day perspective and, and understanding that what I realized is that if I don't have that organization, then I become stressed mm-hmm. and I overwork myself because I don't know when the deadline is. I don't know when the milestones are and therefore, uh, the kids get the brunt of the stress. Um, mm-hmm. because then a simple math problem becomes like, titanic and it's just horrible so right it's that iceberg all right so 
One last question. Um, what okay. advice would you give your younger self? And then at like what age would you pick to tell yourself that advice? Oh my goodness. Um, I would go back to middle school mm. and I would go back and I would tell that I would tell my little middle school self. And cause I've thought about this and I'm like, does this even go with the insecurity thing? I have no idea, but I, the biggest wounds that I have come from middle school. So I would tell her middle school's hard. You are loved. <laughs> I don't even get emotional thinking about it. Um, and that people who pick on you or people who say negative and nasty things about you are mm. just trying to um, get attention off themselves, off something that they're insecure about. And I guess the reason why that is so pertinent for me today is because uh, I feel like I'm, I'm afraid of some things that I say now as an adult um, and the ramifications of that. And I want, and it's like, I, I want, me to even realize that as an adult, if people say negative things about me, you know, that it's, it's their struggle, not mine. Right. Cause sometimes they're just projecting and kids don't know how to deal with stuff. And so, yep. yeah. And adults don't know how to deal with stuff on Twitter. <laughs> Amen. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter. I guess maybe that I don't have that same relationship with yeah, design Twitter. Of, yeah. Right. Well, Alicia, so I'm going to make sure you guys know how to spell her name, it, just so you know. Um, and I'm going to make sure that you know how to connect. Alicia, I'm going to tell you a book that I think you'll really like because I think you like the science part. I'm not like a science person either, I don't uh -huh. think. But it's called Subliminal, and it's how your unconscious, how your unconscious mind rules your behavior. And it's by some man. Anyway... <laughs> Ha, I can't remember who it was, but um, it is. It, I have read it like two or three times. It is amazing, and it is really about it's what the mind can do. So there was this guy who went blind, but he was still able. His eyes still worked, so it was really uh -huh. a brain injury. He was in the accident, and so the doctors they were doing this study, and they said we want to do a study we're going to have you walk down the hallway and then we're going to put, while you're walking, we're going to throw things in your way and um, make things, you know, like obstacle course because we want to see if you're going to be able to do it because his eyes still worked, but it was just a mind issue and he did not hit one thing. What? But yes. I mean, it, it's a great book and it's a listen. You can listen. I, I got that one at the library the first time. And I actually sent that one to Jason Craig. Like I, this is one of the ones I've given it to my dad. It's yeah. a really good, it has like a blind emboss on the front. It's my dad. Yeah. Cause I had never seen the book in real life. He's like, yeah, it's got yeah. something weird. Like if you turn the <laughs> book, you see something else. And I'm like, huh, I'll have to look at that when I come home. Anyway, but it, there's just full of these things about the brain, but he talks about it in a way that like a normal person can understand. And that's the reason I like Brene Brown, a reason I also like Angela Duckworth. They're telling yeah. you these sort of stories in ways that we can kind of ingest and digest so that it's not just real science-y, but it's totally based in science. So if you're having trouble believing that you could actually change, there's so many things that are just within our brain that maybe that's the proof you need to be able to believe that you can change your, your mindset and, and the way yeah. you talk to yourself. 
So, all right, let's make sure. So make sure people know how to get to you on Twitter, which you are the same uh, handle on all of these, but I actually have them all written down, but I'm going to spell your name for them. It's A-L-I-C-J-A-C-O-L-O-N. And I'm going to put those over in the chat. They will also all be in the, they're in every post as well, ways to follow. And then you do have a unique name. So you got your URL, aliciacolin.com. So I want you guys to make sure. So this is on Dribble, Twitter, Instagram, just Alicia Cologne. Um, uh-huh. And let's see. Um, I just wanted to make sure. So there were a couple other books that people had shared. I will have all those books awesome. in the um, notes underneath if you're on uh, YouTube. I just, again, thank you so much for taking the time today and a little bit of extra time. Thank you guys all for coming. Yeah, um, if, this is, if this is something you'd want to hear more about, I would love to know. Um, last year, I'd kind of planned like a week that was uh, mental health or person, you know, things like that. And I think something like this would maybe fit. And I don't know if that we um, do this in a different way or if, if there would be a way to do something workshop sort of related like this. I think there is, there is a lot more science that I think just you talking about that thing that it keeps growing and it builds that there's so much more stuff that just makes you feel mm-hmm. like I can do this. Um, and sometimes that yeah. science really backs up what you're saying that with the short-term memory guy, I think that's really important. Um, Just wanted to remind you guys, you can support the show on, let me go get my list, patreon.com slash Diane Gibbs. And then you can also utilize these two free audible books and get, um, start your subscription. To me, this is the best way. I'm a much faster listener than I am a reader. I love to read, but I've been with Audible for since 2010, I believe. And it's $14.95. That is the price of, I get one book a month for $14.95. And uh, it, the book might cost $30, but I'm only having to pay $14.95. So it's like a credit. You have a credit. And then they give you other opportunities to buy more credits. But if you don't want to buy more credits, you don't have to. But you can go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash design recharge and get those two free Audible books. And then again, you can always check out the Divi if you're interested in a better way to design um, websites that's not scary, but that gives you more flexibility. So it's not just a template that already exists that you can really kind of make your own um, and that they're always improving. You can go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Diane loves Divi, D-I-V-I. Anyway, so thank you guys. Thank you guys. Oh, I can't wait to see what... This doc shared a link, futureme.org. So I'm going to put that over in the show notes as well, and I will have to figure out what that is. But their manual focus is, uh, I also put the link, so check that out on iTunes. And check out Alicia. Make sure you follow her on Instagram. And also, let me tell you one thing great about Alicia. She will actually message you back if you message her. And she really does care. So if you see her at a conference, you should go up to her and talk to her or ask her to go to lunch. And she will probably go. And she is really interested in loving the people and learning about the people who she's around. And I have been blessed that she's given me some time on Skyping and we've done things. I've seen her backyard and I'm, I'm <laughs> always blown away by you. You are very much an inspiration to me. And you are a force. And so I'm very thankful to be in your 
in your um, sphere. So I'm super proud of you and thank you, thank you for sharing this really, really important message. I'm glad. Thank you so much for the platform that you've built and community that you've built and the opportunity to share. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you. And next week is our last episode. And let me explain what this last episode is. I usually would have ended with Alicia because I think this would have been an amazing way. But you know when you, so you are a crafter too, Alicia, so you'll appreciate this. This is somebody who has written books in the craft industry and is an artist. She quit her job as a what do you call those people who help lawyers? Paralegals? No. Yeah, she was a paralegal. She was a paralegal. She quit her job as a paralegal and she started just doing her art. So there's a ton of guts in that. And then she yeah. has created different platforms. She's talk about um, getting different income revenue streams. If you go to Hobby Lobby, you might, or Michael's or wherever you shop for your craft supplies, you might see some products that she's created. If you go to Barnes and Noble, you'll see a book that she's made. I mean, she's doing all kinds of things. If you've ever gotten cloth, paper, scissors, which is a crafty magazine that I love, she's written for that. She's, a, um, I believe she was born in Germany. She lives in New York city and she just doesn't stop. And to, in the craft industry, she's, I think, a big quig, you know. She, of course, would not uh, describe herself. But she does workshops all over the world. And I'm really excited to have Natalie on the show. So I, um, she does this thing called Creative Jumpstart. And it's for crafters, but or for people who are artists, right, not just crafters. But they're, they do a lot of overheads and um, and I've done it for the past four years. And so they're just kind of showing you their process, but I've gotten introduced to different artists this way. And they also kind of take you down through their process. And sometimes it's just like the thing with Alicia today. It's, Hey, step one is know that you can get through this, believe. And then step two is this, and they're kind of doing that. And sometimes I think it's just good to try on other people's shoes, like, um, mm -hmm. shoes, meaning their process or their, to see what part fits. So I hope you guys will join me next week for my interview with Natalie. And I am pumped. Um, like I'm, I'm just pumped to have that as my last um, interview for the, the year. So I hope you guys will join me. It will be live, of course, same time as always. And um, I will be excited to share this little creative jumpstart thing. Uh, she does as well. So Alicia, thank you. Thank you so much. And if you're listening, please hit like, or not if you're listening, but if you're watching, hit like and subscribe. If you're listening, I'm hopefully you're subscribed to the podcast and then give me a comment. I'd love to get in touch with you. You can always get in touch with me at Diane at recharging you.com, or you can find me on all the social media platforms at design recharge. Thank you.